I'm going to tell you that the single, one of the single most greatest factors that can leave you questioning your identity, who, who you are, what are you here for? What does it mean when someone has projected his or her pain on you? And that is allowing the data, what they said, what they did to infiltrate your boundaries, to infiltrate your garden, your internal garden, your inner garden that you have to deal with 24-7. And it's allowing that buildup of weeds, of anger, projected anger, of anxiety, of fear of rage, of violence, to basically turn your inner garden, your inner self into something you're not. Because I was talking to my son today, Cameron, and if you guys, I had him on a podcast um, a few weeks ago. And we train our brain by what we perceive that is real to us and what we say to ourselves about the event, the experience, whatever it may be. And I know you have heard the importance of taking out the trash or the importance of reflection. And one of the things that has truly helped me is understanding that what people say and do is a reflection of themselves, is a reflection of them. That we must hold people accountable for what they do and say. Meaning that we don't take on that projected pain. We don't assume that we are stupid because someone said it. And it's so easy to say, you know what? I'm not gonna let you affect me but it's when that data infiltrates, when we have a moment of doubt, that we say, ah, is what they did, was that true? Or I'm not sure. And, you know, where we, where we kind of are saying to ourselves, maybe that is true. When we've opened ourselves to believing what someone else did, you know, I, I, I see it as this, you know, weeds are always trying to look for a way <laughs> to grow themselves, look for some angle within themselves, within your garden, you know, how they can steal that nutritious fruit, that spiritual fruit, the love, the kindness, the joy, the curiosity, the compassion that we have as children. You know, we come here on earth and we're excited about life and we want to see and feel and taste everything, you know, as babies. And then we grow up in an environment that we start learning different things. You know, when we think about that culture and how, you know, what people say around us, the stories they give us, the, the um, unmet needs, the um, disappointments and frustrations in their life often get projected on children, projected on us as children. And then we walk around with this heavy sack or heaviness on us 
because we're carrying around what people say, said and what they, they did. And there are a lot of events, you guys, that we can think of that happens to us, things that we're not even aware of, experiences that we have had that we're not even sure of, that we don't even know we had, <laughs> that we end up taking on stuff that doesn't belong to us. And it's so easy that we can say, you know, what they said didn't affect me. But it's daily daily reflection when we are more objective and observant of our behaviors and what we say and do to others, do we then realize, well, maybe what they said, this person said, did have an effect on me. Somehow, what they did changed me a little bit on the inside. And you know the proverb that when there is no enemy within, the enemy outside can do no harm. Often people, it's, it's, it's not so much of them, you know, there is physical harm. There's, there's, we know of that. But the harm that continues to replay in our body is a result of our perception of the experience. And that was something that I learned as a child when I would observe, you know, one of the the persons who called me said I was a liar about an experience that I had told. Um, One of the things I got from her, because I was open to what she said, I was open to the truth. And the truth is being observant and really paying attention to your surroundings and what's going on and how you're feeling, not in an obsessive way, but in an awareness way, a spiritual awakening that occurs, that you not only see what others are doing, but you also see the your heart too as well. And so people would say, you know, say things, and I and I think about it and I said, well, if I didn't do anything to you, then where is that really coming from? Or knowing that people will want sometimes you to feel how they feel. You know, the whole saying that misery loves company. They want not so much to feel, but they want you to know how they're feeling. They want people to relate to them. They want their feelings validated. And unfortunately, when feelings do not get validated, we often project our feelings on other for others to see, you know, through you know, the words we speak through the actions, you know, that we commit, that if you can't recognize or validate how I feel now, then, then you know, it, it almost comes to the, to the next step, goes to the next step, that I'm going to do something for you to validate me, for you to see that I need help, that something is wrong. And we don't need others to validate how we feel. We don't need others to validate. You know, we're often looking for apologies. We're looking for someone to say, you know, I'm sorry for what I did to you and to recognize and to validate our feelings and emotions. The very person that needs to validate you is you. Every cell in your body knows what happened. Every cell knows 
how you're feeling, how you're experiencing, because our body is a whole entity. That when one system goes through changes, it often affects other systems. You know, we hear about, you know, side effects. When we hear about, you know, headaches and then your foot ache, you know, your whole body like speaks, you know, system speaks to one another. But I can tell you that when we recognize, when we see the person's heart, when we recognize that what they're doing is a reflection of themselves, is a reflection of their state, then we take less offense to what they do and there becomes more compassion and more understanding and more of preservation and more of not internalizing others' behaviors. And I, you know, I've said it over and over before, but it's just the message across that often, you know, often we internalize what people say and we, we forget. Yes, I, I, I think that self-analysis is important where you ask yourself questions, but when we internalize, that has gone beyond self-analysis and more of self-blaming. That we're blaming ourselves because someone did something. And we're forgetting the part that someone did, someone said. And so we can talk about mental health. We can talk about breaking the cycle. We can talk about freedom. We can talk about spiritual awareness. We can talk about consciousness. And it's all about understanding the bigger picture. All about freeing ourselves from the action of others, of doing what we feel is right, of being comfortable with ourselves and our decisions and our choices, when we feel that something is right and we stand in that truth and our truth. And yes, at times it may leave us alone, leave us without others around us, certain people. But it's the freedom, the peace of mind that comes with your following what you know is true in yourself. And so I believe a lot of this anxiety, a lot of mental health, depression, you know, even when I look at my life and I think about, you know, times of anxiety, I think about times of sadness, you know, and often what, what are they in relation to? It's a relation to how I perceived an action. How I perceive something, because as soon as my perception changes, and I've seen that with countless people in the hospital and different you know, environments. I've been working as a nurse. I've seen that in health coaching. I've seen it. I see it now in tutoring uh, people to pass their NCLEX exam. When our perception changes, our confidence goes up in ourselves. We follow more of our truths instead of what other people are doing. And we're less likely to take things personal. personal. We're less likely to take it personal. So when you ask yourself or when you think about what someone did, 
and you're talking about it and you're upset about it, you know, it's the wrong focus. The focus should be, I believe, what is my perception about what they did? Have I internalized it? Am I thinking worse of myself? What daily reflection? How was my day today? How am I feeling? Checking in with yourself. What happened that maybe has has me a little frustrated? Want me to eat ice cream, a buck, you know, a gallon of ice cream, or to overeat? You know, because until we get to those emotions, until we get to those weeds through our feelings, we will continue to do things that are in the path of self-destruction. Whether it may be alcohol, it may be food, it may be too much of something, because often when we're doing too much of something, that often means we're covering up something. We're using that as a potential comforter to cover up our emotions and feelings. Everything we run into today is data. Every experience is data. It's how we interpret that data that will interpret our inner state, that will interpret our outer response. This is Tamika Chambers with Create a Generational Love Cycle. The way we perceive events will determine our inner and outer state. And when we are in relationships with others, children, with our children, What is inside will come outside. And we can either continue the cycle of anger, fear, hate, divisiveness, violence, or we can go within ourselves and weed out, take the trash out. You know, Friday is, for me, I I just got it today, it's actually dump day. Because, you know, there are many many people that are experiencing cardiac events on Mondays, that cardiac disease is the leading cause, one of the leading causes of death in both men and women. And it's the stuff that we take over the weekend, I think. You know, instead of focusing on, instead of de-weeding or getting, you know, uh, putting experiences in the right, in a healthier perspective, we're taking a lot of that over the weekend when it should be more relaxation, time with family, and really de-stressing instead of causing, again, more harm to ourselves. If we think negative about ourselves, we're going to do typically negative things. If we think positive about ourselves, we're going to watch what we eat. We're going to be more active. We're going to watch what we say to others. We're going to watch how we treat others, pay attention, and treat others how we want to be treated. And it all boils down to our beliefs. And beliefs is what started this generational cycle of pain. Belief in divisiveness, that you, I am better than you. Belief that you are in, in, not human, that you should be treated less. Belief that your culture is less than mine, your religion is less than mine. Belief that I am angry so everybody else should be, should feel my pain. That I am fearful, that it is normal. And when we normalize these beliefs, we put limitations, limitations on future generations, on our children, and other people we're in relationships with. We create a cycle of love, a generational cycle of love with first ourselves. And we change those beliefs 
to more positive, to more spiritual, a spiritual perspective on life where we see the bigger picture, that every life event is in itself an opportunity for us to be more of the divine spirit that we are, to show more compassion, love, grace, and mercy, more truth and understanding instead of the the others. For me, there are no opposites because we were made in the divine image of our creator. Again, this is Tamika Chambers with Create a Generational Love Cycle. And you have every right and every ability to dismantle the thoughts that created this cycle of pain, this darkness that we see in the world today. But it starts with you. It starts with one person. And then we can have the ripple effect that we need to to make the world a better place.